0: This is WCPO-FM, 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts podcast. It's episode 199. Today on our show, the history of Cincy Shirts, chapter four. We did uh, the ver- the very first
1: Bunbury. I showed up, and it was just it was just me. I worked every day of Bunbury the first year by myself, from setup to you know, on Wednesday to to Sunday night. And I loved every minute of it. You know, I was like, That's, there's no no other place I'd rather be. You know, I was a hot shot behind a
0: t-shirt booth. Darren takes us from the online days up through today. We hear about what it's like to be partnered with a massive company when you're just starting out. The eureka moment that launched the company as we know it today. And before all of that, we get an update from Darren on a few things involving Cincy shirts, including a few words about a beloved team member uh, that we lost too soon, quite frankly. So Darren will fill you in on that. I can tell you, if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at CincyShirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for that special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. And now here's Darren giving us the history of Cincy Shirts Chapter 4. Cincinnati, Ohio,
1: Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. All right, guys. Hey. I know. Haven't heard my voice in a while, but I'm back. Yes. I think that means PF needed a break. <laughs> Yeah, it's a golly, I I I love the podcast. I love everything about it. But finding time to sit down and record an hour, and scheduling guests and all that stuff, man, it's it's tough. Uh, so I give it up for PF. He's doing a great job with this. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Because one of those things, I'm like, man, you know, it's like we're bursting at the seams right now. We can't find enough employees. You know, it's same song and dance from everybody. But I also don't want to hire a ton of people either. Like, I don't want people just running around just to, just because we're busy today. I'm like, I, I want to see, like, sustained busyness chasing our tails like crazy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe we should uh, get another two or three people to help pack orders or whatnot. But anyway, it's a crazy time. What a time to be alive. <laughs> the... Uh, yeah, just to talk about... Uh, What's going on with Scentsy Shirts in the present? Before I get back into uh, part four of the history of Scentsy Shirts, it's been it's been a wild fall, that's for sure. You know, we're I finally did uh, get off my keister and hire some people, but uh, not not because necessarily wanted to, but we basically had to. I got a, a little turnover. Uh, our Tyler, our main guy who did our our printing the warehouse he got married moved to knoxville we've had some other employees find other jobs elsewhere and we uh we lost we lost an employee and that that is is not fun that's something that i never thought was really even a possibility you know what i mean we're just we're a bunch of young kids being stupid even though you know we're in our 40s now I still feel like a kid. I'm not an adult. I'm convinced you're not an adult until you're 30. So by that, I should be an adult, but I don't know. I, I still feel like a kid, and we're just so lucky to be able to sell shirts. You know, it's we're having so much fun here, but you know, sometimes real life gets in the way and uh, sober[s] you up real quick. But yeah, about I don't know two years ago, we we put out our feelers on Facebook saying that we were hiring for our retail stores. I had a buddy reach out, uh, Tim Reinerman. He messaged me on Facebook saying, "Hey man," he's like, "I don't have much going on right now." He's like, "I'll come help you guys out and shape those kids up." I think is kind of how he explained it. Which Tim and I go back to the uh, my stand up comedy years, which I don't know. I just did open mic comedy here locally. Uh, I you know host here and there or whatnot, but. I did comedy long enough to realize I didn't want to do comedy, is basically how it went. So yeah, so we would do these bar shows. Really back, I don't know, really the only the only shows going on were at the, the Funny Bone in Newport when that was around, and then Go Bananas. And we were always so anti-bringer show. Like, oh, I can't do this open mic unless I bring five people. That's bull****. Oh my God, we're going we're gonna to revolt and do our own shows. Well... Tim Reinerman was one of the guys who uh, helped us put together a show at the Cavern, which uh, right now is below zero, but it used to be the Cavern um, right there on Walnut. Anyway, so we would hang out once a week whenever this show was going on, and go up and do our <laughs> our jokes of you know five minutes to whoever was in the bar, which is like you know three to thirty people at any given moment. And you quickly realize why the clubs make you bring five people because, hey, you can't do comedy without an audience. So, anyways, that's where I met Tim. And, I mean, you know, we we were cool and uh, whatever, but we weren't like buddy buddies. But, you know, we followed each other on Facebook and just kind of watched each other's journeys over the next 15 years until he reached out and said, hey, man, I wouldn't mind working at, uh, you know, your OTR store. He came in at a... A pretty crazy time 2019 was like a really bad year for us to be honest with you we were we were kind of looking for an exit plan out of otr just because we we weren't weren't making the dough <laughs> i mean it, we we just weren't in a good situation I, I don't know what happened that year and i still look back at it and i'm just like dang 2019 sucked everyone talks about 2020 but our 2019 was like the the one that sticks out to us. But um, regardless, so he came in when the company wasn't doing too hot and we were a little scared and he was always kind of calm and level headed, but still told us exactly what he thought, you know, whether we wanted his opinion or not. But anyway, then we, we moved Tim to the warehouse and uh, that's where he was kind of starting to excel as a, uh, as our kind of maintenance man, which I never really knew that we needed one until, and that was never really his official title. And I'm horrible at giving titles to people. I should be better at that. But (laughs) yeah, he was just the guy who just was not afraid to tear anything apart and put it back together. And, you know, mechanical or your fuses or, you know, try to figure out why this is going on or why this ain't going on. And he was seriously the first employee who would come with me and say, who would come to me and say, uh, hey, man, well, there's so much waste when we do this. Or, why are we doing it like this? Because we can do it like this, and that saves us this. And and he would do things based on you know saving the company money, which is a crazy idea, right? Isn't that, you know, you, you would like to think that everybody has that attitude, but no. And honestly, I should probably have that attitude more. There's a lot of times where I'm like, ah, eh, it's just easier to throw a couple hundred bucks at it, and that's it, rather than sit down and figure out you know the source of the problem and how we can fix it moving forward so Tim was Tim was a great dude and I don't know it's just just one of those things you, you used to rely on on people um and you know and then one of the last conversations we had was me and him in in the warehouse you know around five o'clock this is Thursday night and he's talking about insurance he's like man he's like you know I just don't I don't use my insurance. I'm paying like, you know, 300 bucks a month or whatever for uh, for this coverage. I never go to the doctor. I'm like, dang, man. I'm like, you got Like, we got, we, we provide you insurance. Use your insurance. You know what I mean? I'm like, and yeah, we get discounts or whatever if people don't use it. But screw that. We pay for it. Use it. You know, just like insurance, I'm like, any kind of insurance. That's what it's there for. Freaking use it. I don't know. The next the next day, he, he posted in the company chat, "Hey, uh, uh, run into the hospital. Gonna be late." And this was the same week that you know we lost. We had some uh, turnover. We, you know, like I said, we lost two employees to other circumstances that same week, and we had two people out for COVID. So it was kind of a joke of just like, what else is gonna go wrong this week? Um, so I made the joke in the company chat, like, "Hey, you have fun with that, or you you enjoy that hospital." Not really thinking. And then you know, about thirty minutes later, I text him. And then, uh, hey, you know, just just checking on you, making sure making sure you're all right or whatever's going on, and didn't hear back. So then I you know sent him you know more and more texts as the the day went on and didn't hear anything back. And that's when I kind of. Uh, kinda got scared. Then I got a call from Christ Hospital lady lady who works there knew he worked for Cincy Shirts but didn't know any of his family and was wanting to contact his his mom or his sister, or whoever whoever he could contact. So that's when, you know, my heart kinda sank. I was like, Oh gosh, this ain't good. But Oh, anyway, it, I mean, he ended up having a massive heart attack, and they were able to keep him alive for another week. But so I'm so glad he has insurance because that definitely paid for, you know, all. Like, they they, they looked at him and they said, 48-year-old man, you have a chance at surviving. So they, they didn't just, like, turn the machines off and this is it. You know, there are three or four surgeries and an ECMO machine and all the amazing things that Christ Hospital does every day. You know, they they pulled out all the stops. It it wasn't enough. But anyway, so yeah, so so Tim, if you're out there, we'll miss you, buddy. This you were you're a great, great employee and I just hate that even I don't know. There's stuff that happens every day and I'm just like, yeah, Tim would want us to do it like this or Tim would he if he saw this going on, he wouldn't stand for it. He he's also he had that old school work ethic too, where, you know, he appreciated every dollar, and and realized you know how much we pay in payroll, and that hey we can't just pay everyone, a uh, hundred dollars an hour for just showing up, and he took took the new guys under his wing and uh, was a, a mentor to them, and you know kind of showing people showing people the ropes because he he looked at himself as being in their their position before. Um, but anyway, it, that 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 was. It's been it's been an, a quite a quite a challenge. So we basically have uh, pretty much an all new warehouse. We have one employee who was who was there, you know, out of out of four. I mean, thank God everybody's been great, and I, I feel like we really do have good good chemistry there when we're we're printing the shirts and slinging the orders out the door. But just just the whole the whole thing's just just crazy. But anyway, so the History of Scentsy Shirts Part 4. Um, yeah, so if you scroll back on the Spotify dial or wherever you get your podcasts, you'll see Scentsy Shirts Part 3. Uh, let's see, when was that? June 16th, History of Scentsy Shirts Part 3. So yeah, it's been a while since I've uh, <laughs> since I've done this. Holy cow, I need to be better. Yeah, so where do so where we leave off? We left off with donkey tees. We, to catch up to speed, okay, we, we look at me shirts, was doing its thing in Dayton, Kentucky. Uh, we met a hotshot web guy who said, hey, you need to join forces with these guys from the east side. And so we did that, and it was lasted two years. But at the end of the day, it was a disaster, and probably we would have been better off just staying the course. So... Josh and I got buyout agreements, we went our own separate ways, and for some reason, we listened to the same web guy who hooked us up with Donkey Tees. He said, hey, you need to check out this company up in Mason. They have like all this stuff. He made it sound like it was some, like a Rob Deck fantasy warehouse just full of Fun toys and creative things to just like make whatever you want, and at the end of the day, it was a promotions. It was a promo promo po- products company. They do their you know their keychains and trinkets and all this stuff. I mean, I shouldn't say that they they are they're top notch when it comes to the promo products. It's not the they have their own like design staff, and it's it's not just hey slap your logo one color on these cups and there you go they pride themselves in taking it up a little bit and honestly i mean they do they do pretty awesome stuff huge clients barstool sports i think they do all the merch for them i don't know i mean it was but anyway this was a a large company up in mason so i i met with the ceo up there and he was like hey you know what kind of told him our story hey we just need a we just need somebody to, to partner with for production because at this point we lost everything in the merger or the, the divorce, the, the donkey T's divorce. They got the equipment. They got all of our designs. We were starting from scratch. And for some reason, we weren't scared. Like I look back now and I'm like, holy cow. Why didn't I just try to get a normal job and just you know call the entrepreneurial <laughs> life chapter in my life, just call it a day? Get a job and forget it. But no, I was still young and stupid. I wanted to keep this t-shirt dream alive. Which I think is why most t-shirt people are in their 20s. Is Because that's like an easy thing for you to do in your 20s. Like, hey, maybe that's just like a dream that everybody has. And then only a few actually sit around and do it. Because they realize how crazy it actually is. But... Anyway, yeah, so I sat down with the CEO, just said, "Hey, what can we do?" And um, he said, "Well, you know, we got this printer. It's like a direct-to-garment printer that'll do full color one-offs." When uh, I'm like, "Oh, what? No inventory, or we don't have? We actually do multiple colors, because that was our thing. It's like, yeah, we could offer one color and not have inventory because it'd be on transfers or." You know, one color screen prints were easy. So I don't know. So that was one thing where I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And then they also had uh, Magento Enterprise, which is a huge, you know, web platform where they just lit up web stores for people. All these other companies that they were doing, you know, web stores for. I mean, like I said, Pure Romance, Chiquita, uh, I don't know, Miami. I think GoBearCats.com they ran. There There was a bunch of just random random web stores that these guys ran. So anyway, so yeah, so they, like, CEO basically said, hey, we'll start a new LLC, and, you know, I'll be 33%, and you guys use my company for, uh, you know, for for whatever, and just kind of use that as a launch point to, to rebuild Look At Me shirts. So that's when we, you know, we, we, we got kind of the same way we started and you know losing or using whatever experience and knowledge we picked up over the years about designs and whatnot. but so we started doing the pop culture designs and you know whatever movie quotes and this and that and we didn't have a Facebook following at all Uh, I mean Facebook let's see this is probably 2000 2010 2009 Facebook was just getting rolling anyway but Regardless, anything we had, we didn't have any customer data from before. I mean, this was a clean clean slate. We weren't, you know, like I said, we weren't allowed to use our designs, anything. So we uploaded the designs we launched and, you know, had Josh promote it on all his channels the best he could, and it just wasn't getting traction. You know, it was just like, gosh, you know, like five years later, it's just it just seems like there's a lot of... Heavy lifting, and even though we had these awesome printers and and uh, you know access to this this great production company, we didn't have to worry about you know shipping our orders or anything. It, there weren't many orders to ship. I mean, I I totally could have handled it, but <laughs> but anyway, look at me shirts sure 2.0 was not not a success. That's why we we're kind of looking at each other like, dang it, you know what is going on and. You know, we knew that people loved the nostalgia. People loved the few Cincinnati designs that we did. So we said, let's just make Cincy shirts. Let's make a website of just Cincinnati stuff. And so we lit it up. And, you know, it probably didn't even take 15, 15 days to get everything together. You know, I was going through all the Cincinnati sports archives and looking for you know, any any logos I can get my hands on from you know, the old from the Mohawks to the Stingers to Swallens to Uncle Al and uh, the cool ghoul. I mean every everything we did when we launched was all nostalgia. Which is great. You know what I mean? It's like that's that's what makes Cincinnati great and that's what people really uh, responded to. So we're just like so it made sense that we launched it, and it was immediately getting shared. Immediately, people were like, "Oh man, check this out!" Or "What a great idea! I wish I did that." And I mean, it, we we're we felt like you know what we we genuinely have something cool, and you know that was kind of just the start of it. I would work on the designs, uploading the designs, the uh, the Facebook posts, the marketing, all that stuff. We were doing stupid little YouTube videos. That wouldn't get any views. I mean, it was total, total grassroots. We also started doing events, and so uh, events are kind of when, when we saw what we had. We, we'd print off some shirts, you know, maybe twenty five per design, and go to a little, uh, a little event here and there. We did uh, Bunbury, the ver- the very first Bunbury. And I showed up and it was just it was just me. <laughs> I worked every day of Bunbury the first year by myself, from setup to you on Wednesday to, to Sunday night. And I loved every minute of it. you know what I mean? I was like, this is it. you know I was like, there's no no other place I'd rather be. You know, I was a hot shot behind a T-shirt booth. But you know when you're in your late 20s, that's as good as it gets, man what this is your company yeah man doing my thing <laughs> but uh, it was awesome but man i was so uh freaked out I-, I showed up and they put us right next to homage and i was like oh crap homage is here you know dang it let's wave the white the white t-shirt i'm ready to give up you know we're setting up our booth i'm looking over at them like Oh man, they're setting their booth up this way. Or damn it, they have a tablecloth with their name on it. Like they have this and that, and I'm just like by myself in these tubs, and you know my banners all crinkled up, and I, I got like <laughs> it was just a disaster. But anyway, so what? Once the festival started, you know we're talking to them and they're cool, and it was they're they're an awesome company. You got mass respect. But at the same time, they are kind of competition, right? Like they're doing nostalgia, and they have their own thing doing your whatever in uh, in Columbus, and I noticed they're starting to do some Cincinnati designs. It's kind of like, oh, all right, well, here we go. So I noticed that weekend, I was like, dang, we are crushing. You know, I was like, the people are loving our. Swallens shirt way more than they're loving the 513 shirt or the Natty or whatever, the Cincinnati, we call it Cincinnati Pride stuff, just like kind of generic stuff with Cincinnati on it, and you know, I was like, man, that, yeah, people would be like, oh, you know, the Natty shirt's cool or whatnot, oh, Swallens. my uncle used to work at Swallens. we got our first VCR at Swallin's, we got our first microwave They used to have this cool conveyor belt in the back, and your order would fall, and, like, they, you know, like, people would just sit there and just talk. And, you know, and that would cause people to come up to your booth. And I don't know. Like, it was was just from doing these events, and I was like, dang, we have something with this. Like, this is something that uh, we're in the right spot at the right time uh, to give these people some Cincinnati history. So that's that's really hitting the ground running was the – that was our best promotion. We didn't know how to use Facebook correctly, you know, ads and all that stuff. We just basically wasted our money on. Never really worked out, but the word of mouth, showing up, uh, passing out cards, all that stuff is really kind of what what got traction. And the, the market was niche market. Like, you know, like Look At Me Shirts 2.0 was pop culture designs that were going to be sold to the whole world. The whole world is gonna buy these shirts. When all reality is no one's gonna buy the shirts because no one knows that they're for them. You know what I mean? People in Cincinnati know that Cincy Shirts is for people from Cincinnati. For Cincy by Cincy. <laughs> so doing the events is definitely what helped out. You know, the the company that we got the the new life from, I mean, they they were great, but they're doing like 20 million of their own business you know like we were just a little blip on their radar and the ceo was never really like would never really tell people he was like partnered with us people just thought we were like some hangers on that were just hanging out and like i don't know they never really they never really got the whole story which i was kind of always frustrated with we were always just like a mistress to him you know he would. We were using his company and his access to everything, which was great. But at the end of the day, I was like, man, you know, like you've you've created this twenty million dollar company. Now I want to see some of that magic. You know, like what what can you offer us besides equipment and you know we, your staff and all this stuff, which we were we were paying them to fulfill our shirts. So it's not like we were getting a deal on anything. You know, so I don't know. It was just stuff like that was was kind of, kind of frustrating. And we would we would roll merrily along. Well, the, first of all, the, I, I I I don't want to make it sound like I'm trashing on them at all because I'm I'm not. And it's they they do great things every day. And it was just too much of a corporate environment that we were not ready for or really understood. You know, I went to art school. I don't have any business know-how. And I don't know. We were, we were probably a little, I don't know. We wanted them to kiss our asses a little bit more. We thought we were hot shots. that really hadn't done anything to that point. Not that we've done anything. I don't know. I, I still don't want to sound like we're ungrateful. Because they they did give me, uh, while we were doing this, they gave me a job, which was huge. And Cincy shirts wouldn't be around today if, if they didn't, you know, give me a small salary because I was helping out with their other web stores and some of their clients, you know, helping, uh, launch new stores and uploading products and, and SEO, you know, signing up affiliates, helping with like Facebook posts and marketing and all this stuff. So I was, I was grateful that I was able to get like a real job because We weren't selling shirts. Let's face it, but we were starting to sell shirts, and then I was like, "Wait a second! Now we're selling. We're selling some more shirts here." And then I was, I turned into the bad employee with a side gig, where I need to be focusing on my normal job, which is work for them. And uh oh, I remember like this, the, the Zanesville. Uh, animal massacre or whatever when that guy, that whack job up in Zanesville let all of his tigers and bears and whatever else go. And the cops had to go shoot all the animals and they were running wild. And it was just disaster. But of course, disasters was how we made our money. So, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be like prepping some web store for a big St. Jude launch or you know, pure romance. Uh, their little, uh, uh, like their images aren't aren't linked properly or or whatever. There's there's way more important things I should have been doing, but I'm sitting there designing a, uh, a Zanesville Massacre shirt during the middle of the workday. So it was it was amazing that I uh, had hung on to that job for as long as I did. But like I said, I'm forever grateful to. To them for uh, giving me that opportunity because you know I, and I would come home and work on Cincy shirts all all dang night you know it's like my like my wife would be like what the heck are you ever gonna unplug which I guess she still kind of says too but anyway yeah so Cincy shirts it was something to start doing twenty four seven and there was there was stuff that needed done during the day you know if we're gonna keep up with the whole hot market t-shirt you can't be a hot market t-shirt company and only work off the clock of your day job you know i mean you gotta get that stuff up now and i was the only employee i mean josh is still promoting and all that stuff but he wasn't on payroll we weren't making enough money to give him a salary yeah but 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 eventually grew and we kept doing events and we were doing taste of cincinnati and uh just any any place that would have uh, that we could get a booth. And the one thing that people kept talking about was, Man, where's your store? Where's your store? And I was like, Oh gosh, I'm gonna fall for this again, you know. We had just Josh and I. We didn't have to worry about any rent. And that's what our third partner kept saying. He was like, Man, this is the best business, you guys. You're making money while you sleep, you don't have any employees. I mean, besides me, but I wouldn't take it much. But all we do is, you know, pay them to to print our shirts, uh, and they send us, you know, a check for whatever we made that month. You know, we didn't have we didn't order anything from Sanmar or TSC. We didn't have to order blanks. We didn't have to arrange printing. It was all done. For some reason, we were always just kind of like, man, we got to take our own production. We got to get our own production, and we gotta gotta open a store because dang it you know people want a store and basically i don't know like i said just being around the the, the corporate the big corporation making all this money for all these big time for other corporations <laughs> all these other companies and we, we were just like a tiny blip and at first it was cool because you know we're the we're the little hipsters making their shirts, but then after a while, we'd be like, "Okay, well, we want to add this functionality to functionality to our website, or we like this skin." You know, I was doing you know research, and hey, this company makes skins, and if we buy this skin, then we can do this and that, and the, the navigation's clean, and it's good for SEO, and you know, have all these all these reasons why we need this new, uh, you know, hundred and fifty dollar skin. And we we like those those requests would always get brushed under the rug, eh? Whatever, you know. Whatever, we'll get to you guys when we can. And then I started realizing, that, huh? Well, they just launched this website for Hershey's or somebody, and it's using the same skin that I told them. Hey, we need that. And it, and I'm like, okay, so. Yeah, we're the we're the cool kids here that are you know the new e-commerce dudes. But then damn like I, I kind of feel like they were using us to give them all the good ideas to use on their big pain and pull, on their big pain um, clients. Maybe it's true Maybe it wasn't. I mean there's definitely a few instances where like wait a second. We've been asking for that same functionality on our website for a year and now I saw it you know you guys, playing as day, put it on their website before you put it on ours. There's now looking back, you know, I'm like, well, that's because that company probably paid them handsomely to get that, and they have all this other business that would that would also uh, thrive from that. And I don't know, like I said, it's a lot of sour grapes that really weren't. Um, looking back now, I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean, I was kind of a jerk, but we still had. I mean, whatever, any, any relationship, you're going to have ups and downs. And for the most part, it was, it was cool, but we just wanted, wanted more and we didn't feel like we were getting more. And one of the things we wanted out of our company was a retail store. And by this point, you know, like I said, um, doing the events, there's definitely demand for the store. We hunted around urban sites, gave us a spot on main street or had us look at a spot. It was like 600 bucks. They said they would give us a 60-day lease. And, you know, if we wanted to get out, we could get out. I said, oh, well, that's kind of a no-brainer. So, yeah, so we uh, went to our our partner and just said, hey, we really believe in this store. You know, sales are doing well. We can support it. We can." I wasn't asking them to pay our rent. You know, I mean, we're still our own company doing our own thing. You know, by that time, I was getting a small salary and i wasn't doing the daily you know web stuff that i was for them so you know so we were our own our own thriving business by that point and we could handle it you know we could handle 600 bucks a month and we only i don't know we stocked our first store with like 30 designs um you know it was empty but people liked it for some reason i look at those pictures i'm like gosh it looked like we were having an art show or something it was like this is our store was bare. <laughs> There's some things on the wall and a couple of things on pedestals. That was about it. <laughs> anyway, our partner just said, nah, retail, don't want to do it. Like, okay, well, like, how bad do you not want to do it? Because guess what? You're not gonna do anything anyway. You know, it's like we're not really getting anything out of you besides what your company provides us that we're paying for. So You know, he's like, oh, well, if you got it came down to a couple arguments, we believe in this, he didn't, whatever, we're a pain in the ass, we're, you know, becoming needy. I mean, really, we were kind of like the mistress who, his little mistress LLC, who was getting in the way of his uh, big mama corporation. (laughs) And they're, whatever, he didn't need us at the end of the day. And he said, hey, if you guys really want to do this, then I think it's time that you guys buy me out. So we're like, oh gosh, like I said, we're doing okay, but we're not doing that great. So we had our our accountant do a little evaluation, the same same way with the donkey tees. Our accountant was probably like, oh my gosh, you guys are a disaster. Like any anything new you guys do, you just end, end up, um, you know, wanting, wanting some crazy buyout agreement or want to backtrack. <laughs> so basically we came up with a price and uh, let's see, back then, um, 2014, 33% of our company was worth $37,000. So, uh, yeah, so we figured out which we didn't have 37 grand. So we've, we gave him a little bit up front and then I think man might have even taken two years to pay off the rest, which he was cool with. You know, he didn't need the money and whatever, but it was one of those things, again, I, I, I left that divorce just feeling horrible and hatred and like, oh my gosh, like we just got taken advantage of and we deserve all this stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I look back at it now, it's like I don't I don't blame you know Derek for for anything as far as the way we were treated. He was treating us. That's that's why he owns a twenty million, you know, dollar company, which I think is even like forty or fifty or something ridiculous now. Like you know what I mean? Like like he's not he's not he's no dummy when it comes to that stuff. And he was just doing good good business practices and we weren't down. And that's, you know, that's what he said. Okay, if you guys do retail, well, then you need to have someone spend a day just counting cars that drive by. And then you need to do this kind of analysis and this kind of analysis. And, you know, and, and you probably want to loan and put in a hundred grand for a build out and make it like your flagship, man, we got on Craigslist, we got some, some mannequins that are all used. None of our, none of our fixtures matched. We didn't even paint the walls of the place. I mean, we moved in, we put shirts on the shelf and put Scentsy shirts on the on the door. And that was that was it. And it worked. You know what I mean? It's like people didn't if if people came down to OTR and saw these new guys open up this store and it had a $100,000 build out, it would not have the same vibe. You know what I mean? It's like like you can't buy the, you can't buy our lack of uh, <laughs> lack of revenue, I guess you should say, because you knew that we weren't faking it. You know, obviously, if we had the money, we would have got a sweet build out, and but that that wasn't our vibe. We're just cincy shirts. People had known our story by that point. You know, we've been on the news plenty of times and had some some pretty big hits, and and we just knew that we were ready to wing it. I yeah, I, I don't suggest winging it as much as we do. I, I think that we've learned from paying for our mistakes over the years. That uh, if we were just not winged it and did some uh, did some research beforehand, we probably would save a crap ton of money. <laughs> but at the end of the day, yeah, it's like we felt it was time and you know put the put the buyout together. And like I said thirty three percent of our company was worth thirty seven grand back then. I think. Average. I don't know what our sales were yearly. We might have been at two hundred thousand, maybe, maybe three or four hundred thousand by then. You know. So I mean, so we we definitely have done some, did some growing in those 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 four years, but it it was enough growth that we we didn't think we were near the ceiling, and we thought retail was the the way to go. So. So then, hey, now it's just uh, me and Joshy. So, so we, we contacted some screen printers, and we got our uh, made our own website on Shopify, and so the got the got the buyout. Actually, no, that's not right. So we 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 bought out our partner, but we stuck with the production comp his production company he just wasn't a, he just wasn't a, an owner of our company which anyway so once our growth from retail started and we got some more and more hits our prices were increasing and it was it was clear that we were wearing out our welcome because when it comes down to it we were probably i don't know kind of making him a little mad that we were doing well having success with stuff that you know his business mind told him was a bad idea which is fine. It probably was a bad idea. Looking back now, hey, I don't I don't know. But I don't know. Re you gotta have retail. It, it just gives it gives people a real glimpse of, of who you are and, and what you represent and people like to show up and especially with clothing, feel the shirt, touch the shirt and try the shirt on. Yes, yeah, so I don't wanna say retail was a bad idea. It's it's a pain in the butt. And when you live in a country club in Mason, you don't wanna have have that responsibility. You know, if someone's breaking in your store at night or an employee doesn't show up on a Saturday, you know, you're kinda kinda stuck. I don't think he was ready to to jump in like that. Cause why would he? You know what I'm saying? Like what? that's not again, it's just just kind of a we're just all in different different parts of our lives. <laughs> our journeys. So yeah, so now it was it was back just, to, just Josh and I, and you know the the, the stores doing well. The All Star Game came and went, and we killed it from that. And we had the the Ariana Grande licking the donut shirt, which ended up being like people's souvenir for the All Star Game, which is the weirdest thing ever. But yeah, people were showing up just for this Ariana Grande. Licking the donut, saying she hates America. <laughs> uh, Google it. We'll save that just for its own episode. But so my point is, yeah, retail's tough, and it's not easy. Which is the definition of tough. I don't know why I had to say it's not easy when it's tough. It it's not easy, and it, but we thought that hey, this is our path to really, really expanding our brand when it came down to it. So yeah, so I would think that that kind of wraps up that chapter. So once once we kind of took production, you know, once we bought out our partner, then uh, it was like a year later we quit using them as a production company. We built our own uh, website on Shopify. <laughs> Build our own website on Shopify. That's kind of that's kind of funny too. But we we opened up a Shopify account. How about that? and have an instant website cuz by that point it was like wow I mean I guess and I never realized how important the invention of Shopify actually was cuz that that gave us a platform that we could use ourselves and we didn't have to rely on you know the company in Mason's Magento so anyway so yes yeah, so we bought some DTG printers that were about 10% of the cost of the ones that they're using up in Mason they are good enough for us. Um, they weren't great. Now we look back and all the technology now and DTG printing is crazy, but it, it served a purpose. Um, we got our, you know, we had we had the growth of Fiona and FC Cincinnati coming to town, so we had a a chance to open up a second store in Hyde Park, and then we were doing our production from that store. So it was a couple months there that we realized, uh, we can't do production here. So that's when we got our space in Essex Studios. So that was probably, what, 2017, 18? I'll have to look. I don't know. But, yeah, it, we we were able to go from having nothing, starting over, you know, the, the Donkey tees drama, and then dealing with, you know, a big corporation who has million dollar clients and i don't know 75 employees reps all over the country just a world that we are not used to or understood you know to to back back on our own our own website our own production you know we started doing custom jobs for people which is still growing like crazy but anyway it was it was one of those things like yeah it, it took us what 2005 was when we first started and then we're looking at 2018 as being when we got our independence really should it have taken that long i mean hell no like i said i think that we're slow learners we're not business folks and we're uh we kind of move at our own pace (laughs) which you know whatever hey who cares we made it right I don't know. I don't know if we made it yet, but we've made it this far. I'll say that. I don't know where we're going. Crazy stuff happens every year, and you know, I'm so thankful every day that that it's worked out this far. But anyway, so that pretty much wraps up episode, or I don't know, chapter four of uh, the history of Cincy shirts. That kind of takes us takes us to where we are today. I mean, you know, we got closing in on 30 employees um we're renting a third space at our warehouse here in uh at the beginning of january so you know we're we're bursting at the seams we got upgraded printers kick-ass staff i mean we got i don't know our designers are so good i I love everything they do and our web team and the marketing and just the energy and the creative spirit is is just amazing. And as as I do get older and I do more adult things and I tire out, I have to go to bed at 10, 10, 10 o'clock ten thirty, or else I'm trashed the next day. You know, I'm going to Bengals games and I'm not. I'm I'm taking my son and like I I, I drink a Pepsi which before I'd be like, freaking trashed. <laughs> having a hell of a time, but I'm like, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm going to Bengals games and I'm sober and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. I don't know. I, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm growing up. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the, uh, I don't think that's the the theme of this podcast, but maybe it is. It's just uh, over the years we just grew up, you know, we were all punky, punky kids once we started and going through it all. I'm like, damn, why do we do that? Or why do we do this? Or I was kind of a dickhead when I said this to him. And and then he said, oh, just buy me out. And I'm like, okay. And then not really realizing what any of that even meant and disrespecting someone who built a $20 million company from the ground up. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It's looking back now, it's kind of like, oh, s***. But I got nothing but love for everybody. I'm, I'm just it's one of those things that... uh hey it worked out well thanks guys if you guys enjoyed enjoy this uh, you know send us an email info at com. let us know you're listening to the podcast this week's promo code let's say uh, oh man what should we say let's do uh, let's do promo code touchstone touchstone all one word. Saves you 20% off at sensyshirts.com the week this is released. But uh, cool. You guys take care of yourself. Holla.
0: Thanks, Darren. There you have the History of Cincy Shirts right up through today. Of course, he did skip a few big things, although those two big things being Fiona and our partnership with FC Cincinnati are well-documented, not only elsewhere on the podcast, but all over our website and in the news and all that. So you guys know that part of the story pretty well, I'm sure. So there you have that. Oh, and I would add one other thing, by the way, to... Uh, Darren's update at the beginning there uh, Involving uh, our beloved team member Tim Uh, Go to the doctor folks Go to the doctor and get things checked out Please Uh, We all decided we were going to do that And we've all found uh, a couple of things we need to take care of So uh, please do that I I beg of you don't put it off. Don't wait, especially if you're of a certain age like myself. But at any time, just go regularly, even if you're young. Go regularly to the doctor. Get, get it checked out. Make sure everything's working fine. Now, if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, well, simply email us, podcast at cincyshirts.com, if you'd be so kind. Put podcast guest in the subject line, and then maybe give us a few sentences about why you think that person would be a good guest for the show. And if you haven't already, go back and check out the Cincy Shirts podcast archives. Feel free to cherry pick people from Johnny Bench to Amy Yasbeck. All kinds of great episodes back there. Today's show is produced by me, with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing There from Philadelphia. Find their music in. Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your music, you will find Big Nothing from Philadelphia. Find vintage tees from great places like Philadelphia, Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, and tons more at OldSchoolShirts.com. Lots of defunct sports teams, football, hockey, baseball, soccer, you name it. Uh, We also have some old shopping centers, malls, that sort of thing. Uh, It's just like Cincy Shirts, but for those towns, as we say. And again, the promo code for this episode is TOUCHSTONE. TOUCHSTONE, all one word. Use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order, or come into our brick-and-mortar stores over the Rhine and Hyde Park and say, hey, I'd like to use the podcast code TOUCHSTONE. That's good until the next episode drops. By the way, kids, follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye.